0: One. Welcome back to Retro Reco.
1: I'm Shane and I'm Kyle and in this and pod this week oh. it's <laughs> No, cuz I got to explain the podcast. <laughs> I do. I we explain do... the podcast. No, the no, do. it's whoever's movie it isn't explains the podcast. And then yeah. says
0: Yes, and it's not my movie this week.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Off to a glorious start. <laughs>
0: Somehow we made this intro so confusing. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'll start over. Okay. Are we still recording?
1: Oh, yeah. We're still recording. I'm going to leave this okay. in this let time. Me just,
0: let me just start over. You just say your name, and then I introduce the podcast, and then say it's your movie. And then, then you
1: introduce the movie. Okay.
0: All right. Welcome back to Retro Reco. I'm Shane.
1: And I'm Kyle.
0: And in this podcast, we make recommendations to each other of movies that the other have not seen. Sometimes both of us haven't seen it. I don't believe that was the case this week. This week was Kyle's recommendation. Uh, what you recommend to me?
1: Uh, this week, we, I recommended uh, The Player, which is a 1992 movie starring Tim Robbins, directed by Robert Altman, uh, based on a book and screenplay by Michael Tolkien
0: uh grandson of of uh JRR Tolkien.
1: I don't think so. But That's
0: not true. I just made yeah. that up on the spot. Don't don't quote me on that.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, you know. No, he's way too old to be the grandson. For sure. So, um but yeah, the uh this was a movie that I also realized uh in just discussing before we started recording with my roommate i'm pretty sure i've only watched this movie like once uh but i've watched the opening to this movie dozens of times um and i it wasn't that i didn't enjoy this movie on this rewatch but it was like this is different from what i remember so
0: it's it wasn't as comedic as i thought it was going to be
1: see i i remembered um so so this movie and and Part of why it's remembered is it starts out with about an eight minute long uh, steady cam shot, uh, which is very self referential to other steady cam shots in cinema history, talking about The Touch of Evil, um, talking about even, even Rope, uh, which is a, a movie that was all done completely in full 10 minute takes. And at that point in time, they could only do about 10 minutes in a in a reel, in a film reel. So Hitchcock had to conveniently find spaces to cut, to hide cuts. So Rope was entirely supposed to look like it's all in one shot, like there's no cuts. And so it's very self-referential talking about hollywood you literally have buck henry pitching the sequel to the graduate um because like well i mean all the three leads are still alive let's do it um everyone pitching a julia roberts movie Um, there's a lot of julia roberts pitching going on so much julia roberts pitching going on um but yeah i i remember and bruce willis and i just remembered the rest of the movie having that same tone and it really doesn't it has it has a fun an interesting tone on as we go on but it's not that same kind of self-referential um almost a little navel gazing at points in time let's be honest yeah. um which is why like Go, like, this thing did very well in the Golden Globes, um, because Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. Not surprised by that. Um, yeah, if, if I would have told you that, hey, Tim Robbins, did you know Tim Robbins won a Golden Globe for a movie that he's accused of murder in? <laughs> would you have guessed that it was this movie?
0: No. No, 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 no been a very different movie Very Very, uh, a and i will say a better movie
1: oh it's a better Um, movie yeah yeah uh
0: not that this movie was was necessarily bad um but it was it dragged at times with the fact that they wanted to do a lot of nods and and winks at, at hollywood stuff and some of that made it drag
1: yeah, because apparently a lot of the cameos were um, were actually mostly improvised, which makes sense in a Robert Altman movie because um, he, he very much has leaves a lot of room for improvisation and kind of always has. Um, but yeah, sometimes it was like the actors didn't really know what was going on. They didn't really know who tim robbins's character was um apparently there's there's a trivia note on imdb that burt reynolds um basically was like no matter what he was gonna be like yeah i think this guy's an asshole yep (laughs) like that's just how i'm gonna play it because he's he's a a corporate studio exec like of course i'm gonna hate this guy um not realizing that it's like yeah no he's a corporate murderer he's a corporate studio exec who's also a murderer yep
0: (laughs) that i mean i knew what was they 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 telegraphed also how it was going to end pretty early on too oh yeah with, with the uh with the speaking of happy endings all over the place yep um i was like oh i yeah he's totally gonna get away with it okay
1: yeah um yeah so so in comparison since we already made the one joke about it um so in this movie he wins a golden globe for this portrayal of getting accused of murder uh which in this movie he actually did and doesn't go to prison for it whereas the movie that his character is accused of murder but doesn't do it goes to prison maybe, maybe not Yeah
0: <laughs> There's there's theories out there that that yeah, it, it's supposed to be up for debate in the way that it's it's written
1: Yeah But I truly believe he didn't do it. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he did. Like he doesn't even know. Like that's the thing. Like he doesn't truly know if he did it or not. So, yeah. Uh, But Uh, uh, there was some good acting in this movie, though. There was some good acting. Like, like, like we joke that like how how does how does Tim Robbins win for this and not for Shawshank Redemption? But he's really good in this movie. Yeah. Like. I also
0: out how weirdly skinny his arms are in comparison to the rest of his body. Yeah. Like he's got a scene where he's got just a, like the wife beater shirt on. And I'm just like, Oh, what is go what he has no muscle mass. Like what is happening to his arms?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You forget how just tall and gangly he is. And then, yeah, you get comparison to like other people, like normal looking people um, in mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. And it's like, Oh Yeah. He's like a head taller than Lyle Lovett. Um Lyle well, that...
0: Lovett did an excellent job of being the uh um the MacGuffin. The
1: Yeah. Yeah, you just don't know why this guy is following him around, but it then ends up being a detective and and a fun a fun little role, like not not too many um not too long of a role for Whoopi Goldberg, but a fun appearance. Yep. Uh Peter Gallagher before his eyebrows went insane, apparently. Yeah, I was
0: wondering about that too. I was like, his eyebrows look like he still looks like Peter Gallagher, but he doesn't look like whoa, Peter Gallagher. Yeah. Like
1: I don't I don't know how
0: but his eyebrows were not alive.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they they were they were somehow under control. Um and this was this was fun timing as well. Uh, with uh, Daredevil just coming out on Disney Plus, uh, I've been rewatching that, and it's it's always fun going back and seeing earlier Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, because it's like, oh he yeah, looks so he looks so different in all of these things. Like, yeah, Private Pile, this character from the player who almost looks kind of like a more disheveled Rain Wilson.
0: Yeah, I was actually i I was like looking at him for a moment, going, "Who is that?" It's D'Onofrio. Okay, yep, yeah. yep. And for a second there, I thought he, it was even might have been a young Mike uh, Mark Ruffalo, and I was like, "No, it's not Ruffalo." Oh yeah, that would um, be,
1: that would have been a good guess too. Uh,
0: but it, yeah, it just took me a hot minute to to place that it was D'Onofrio, because uh, DiCaprio is a great actor. Like I, is, I I really yeah. enjoyed D'Onofrio, uh especially in his older stuff. Um, like his newer stuff's also fine. He just tends to do more stuff than it seems like he's just trying to get some money for
1: um all of those episodes all of those seasons of law and order yes very much so um but clearly he's having fun playing the kingpin right now so yep. um and then yeah richard e grant um that made me laugh <laughs> which it's like okay of course richard e grants and like i was wondering i was like yeah he really wouldn't have been a big deal yet this would have
0: been right think... before Spice World.
1: <laughs> it would have been right before Spice World. That's right. Um, so yeah, it was like he he was just enough of a name that it was like, hey, I should know this guy, but he wasn't Richard E. Grant at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dean Stockwell, always you know, terrific as the other half of that kind of duo uh, yes. that are pitching the movie. And then it was like, I like the end and we're going to jump all around and just have kind of more general discussion on this because um, you know, it's, it's a, a murder mystery, but not really like,
0: yeah, I, it's, it's easier to jump around and talking about this one because there's so many things that they kind of plant early and then they yep. pay off later. And it's just easier to talk about where they, when they talked about and then where they planted or paid it off. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's just it just it's easier for the through line for people listening to yep. uh, instead of us being like oh and that thing that we talked about half an hour ago yeah
1: yeah whereas yeah so so yeah Richard E Grant and and Dean Stockwell's characters are a writer and a uh, a writer director and then I think Dean Stockwell's his producer Um yeah. that are pitching this movie uh, which apparently. Somebody actually contacted uh, Michael Tolkien and uh, wanted to make that movie after this came out. He's like, no, that sounds like a brilliant idea. Uh, we should definitely make that movie. And it's like, no. No. <laughs> this movie was intentionally terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was intentionally a terrible pitch that has, like they said, it has no second act at all. Um yep like the second act is just like it has a cool start a very cliche end um even if it would have been her dying um been like oh that's that's how life is and then yeah then you fast forward it's like no stars no stars in this movie which i even did like dean stockwell even in that first meeting is like well unless we can get julia roberts
0: like no not julia roberts but well, bruce willis definitely not bruce willis
1: and then at the end i hey, guess what pays off later yeah <laughs> and then at the end in the screening it's bruce willis and julia roberts
0: yep and and richard e grant's character is in the screening and he's just so excited about it uh he's just like it's great and one person that was at the original pitch stands up because she liked the original story and, and says, like, uh, like, but this isn't what you wanted. Why did you sell out like this? And he goes, because I saw people watch the test screening and they hated it. So they we hate, changed it.
1: <laughs> they hated it. And I like working. Yep. <laughs>
0: and she was the only person in the movie that, like, was never crappy, was never a, a bad person. And, of course, she's the one that. Yeah, that...
1: she's the one who ends up getting fired at the end. And um, Griffin. Uh, Tim Robbins character is like, yep, nope, that's what, and also I love the fact that he even hears this pitch and is like, oh, I'm going to make this one guy fall in love with it and it's going to fail and then I'm going to swoop in and save it and then they'll promote me and that's exactly what happens. Um, so like he calls that um, and in all honesty, the most shocking thing to me about this entire movie in watching it back there, there's a scene um, cause so, so the main plot is he is being uh, stalked and threatened by this former writer that came in and pitched him and never heard back. Never got a no. Never got in anything. Just he completely ghosted, and this writer is trying to take revenge. And at the that point in time, he finds and thinks that it is Vincent D'Onofrio's character uh, as he stops by his house and becomes extra creepy.
0: Yeah, that makes a phone call into the and D'Onofrio's girlfriend's in there. And he's just like chatting her up while like staring through the windows and like walking around the the apartment to like stare through whichever window she's in at the time. I'm like, oh,
1: yeah, (laughs) it was so it was so skin crawlingly bad of like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. Um, Then he he meets up with Vincent D'Onofrio's character and uh, gets into a little bit of an altercation and ends up drowning him in a puddle yeah which i was like oh they're going for this right okay all right um so so that happens and then the blackmailer apparently saw this like the the other writer apparently saw this somehow and because he was probably stalking him and uh then begins to start blackmailing him Um, about the fact and keep sending him postcards Uh, including including one that (laughs) this was the shocking moment to me one of a snake like in the desert it was like a welcome to it was like a texas one or or something from the southwest but it had this rattlesnake and he he sees that and i'm like oh cool so the guy's gonna set a snake on him like saw that see can see this one coming a mile away but the thing that shocked me is he had a fax machine in his car i was gonna bring that up too
0: i was like what is going on with this (laughs)
1: like i'm just like yeah i knew the like bag cell phones because i'm old enough to to have seen those but i'm like a fax machine in a car like one why fax machine
0: in the car that tells him to look below the seat or something like that and it's just right below the fax machine there's this box with the snake and it It was like you didn't see that earlier
1: yeah you didn't see that yeah (laughs) i mean clearly he put it in like clearly he was like one of the valets or something and put it in when he was you know getting in the car but, no,
0: yes, but like when he got into the car and he was using the fax machine, he didn't notice an extra box on the floor on this. No, no, because
1: it was it was it was underneath his raincoat. Mm. That's why he said, "Look under your raincoat," which again would be like, "Hey, why is my raincoat like three feet higher in my seat than yeah. it, than it should be?" Um. But
0: yeah, it was yeah. Uh, there, there was I, I mean. It's not a bad movie. Um, no. There were there were easy plot devices. It was just very masturbatory towards the yeah. film industry. Yes
1: it was. Uh,
0: yeah. And unfortunately, maybe not that untrue about what happens in the film industry, maybe not with murder, uh it could be with murder, who knows. Uh, but you know, with other things, like there's, there's a line at one point where they say, Oh, the cops on you about this thing. Yeah. We'll give them tickets to this thing and they'll sit behind Farrah Foss or, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and they'll never, they'll, they'll, they'll get off your back. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's cringy. Uh, I think it's supposed to be cringy, but yes, it is very cringy and tongue in cheek and, um, flowed fine but got confusing at times with the with the attempts to make it more tongue in cheek towards the film industry yeah um just I, like I can with, agree some of that, the cameos that yeah. made no like the one with uh um the first big cameo i would say the one where they're no not the first one because obviously there was the pitch of the graduate too but uh yeah. fuck, but uh the one where they're at the at lunch and it's uh john Cusack and um angelica houston angelica houston uh where it's just like oh is this is this guy that's at the table with them is he gonna come and i mean yes it's it's gallagher but um uh that seemed forward but then the the little chat between the two of them and then then there's just like a we shouldn't talk about hollywood and then we then they can't talk about anything and it's just like this scene didn't need to be here yeah (laughs) this scene doesn't need to be around I also didn't understand why, uh, really, why P- uh, Tim Robbins was upset about the Peter Gallagher stuff. Um, other than he, ca- other than like people were reporting about it, but that seemed more inside baseball. Yeah, the way that they were kind of well, going it, with that.
1: It kind of seemed like if if Peter Gallagher's character came in, Tim Robbins' character would be out, um, unless he made a major move, which he ends up doing.
0: But Um, then they did bring him in and he wasn't out. So I was just like, I don't Yeah. Like it didn't they, they they didn't really make what that relationship was that clear. Like I get that Gallagher was brought in as Tim Robinson's boss, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't really I just didn't really get that part of it. I didn't really get that relationship and then at the end of course they're they're great friends because now Tim Robbins is the boss and of course, they're going to be great friends then, because Gallagher, you know, showed that he was a butt kisser. So.
1: Yep. Um. But yeah, like like I said, it it definitely kind of s- like very much dominated the uh, anything that it was nominated for in the Golden Globes for musical or comedy, uh, mostly because I realized 1992 is not a great year in cinema. Like a lot of the other stuff that was nominated, there's a couple, there's a couple gems here and there. Um, like a few good men came out, The Crying Game, uh, Unforgiven. Um, but there's there's also a lot of um, oh, and A League of Their Own, uh, which I also did not realize that uh, Gina Davis did not win like anything for that movie, um, which seems criminal at this point. The movie was amazing. Yeah. Um but like there's there's other did this movies This came out
0: in 92 or did this came out in 90 91 92?
1: 92. It came out in 92. Okay. It came out uh April of 1992. Uh April 10th specifically. So almost on the uh 30 year anniversary. No, we all accidentally almost did right here. Because, um, yeah, it came out April 10th, 1992. Um, so, yeah, so then it would have been nominated for the 93 Golden Globes and Oscars. And... I'm trying to remember yeah, what one in 93. Uh, 93 uh, was Unforgiven. I was Unforgiven, okay. Yeah, which you have not seen because it is on our list. <laughs> yep. Um, and... Uh, so this was the year that Al Pacino got his basically lifetime achievement award for *Scent of a Woman* for best actor. Um, and wow. yep. Uh, but uh, yeah. That that was the interesting thing. Like, uh, we have like uh Stephen Rea, um, uh, for *The Crying Game*. Were the ones that were ended up being nominated for best um, best actor um, for the for the Oscars was Al Pacino, Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, um, which, if I remember right, is not a great movie, but it's a very good performance. Um, which was kind of the same as uh, Denzel Washington was also nominated for for Malcolm X. Uh, which, if I remember right, it's a good but not great movie, but it's an amazing performance by Denzel Washington.
0: I think the big knock on Malcolm X is, I believe, it's like three and a half hours long. It's long.
1: Like, there, there's a reason, like, I I think I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I haven't seen the whole film. Um, and then Clint Eastwood was nominated for Unforgiven as well. Um, but, yeah, uh tim robbins won uh for uh the golden globe for best actor and really he wasn't nominated against too many things that i'd seen he was actually nominated against himself um for uh bob roberts which i which is a mockumentary apparently um but it was like Nicolas cage for honeymoon in vegas billy crystal for mr saturday night um Marcelo something for used people which i've never heard of
0: well billy crystal can't be nominated at the oscars because then it'd be weird because he hosted every year at that point
1: oh this was the golden globes because it was musical or comedy because basically everybody else um denzel robert downey jr oh tom cruise actually got nominated for the golden globe though um for a few good men Um, so did
0: I miss it? Did he get nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars then too?
1: Uh he did not get nominated for at the Oscars. It was just That's odd
0: that he would win the Golden Globe and not get a nomination at the Oscars, but then maybe that's more odd now than it is back
1: then. It's more odd now, but really it was the big difference was um Stephen Rea from The Crying Game and Clint Eastwood. And, of course, Clint Eastwood's going to get nominated for...
0: Yeah, because they loved that movie. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's literally his last great... Like, as far as his acting, it's probably his last great movie. Well, um, you must not have seen The Mule. <laughs> the <Okay>. Mule!
0: <laughs> the um, Mule!
1: The Mule! Two threesomes! Uh, yeah. Um. But, uh... Yeah, no, Unforgiven's a, a fantastic movie, but um yeah, it's probably his last great acting role um in that movie, so I it, it was a deserving nomination, but um yeah, the the player ended up winning uh, best best picture musical or comedy. Um Tim Robbins for uh, best actor in a musical or comedy. And I want to say editing. Um. Robbins also one for editing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I I I enjoyed this movie. Like you said, it's probably a little too navel-gazy and a little too self-referential and masturbatory at points. Um It's not a bad movie. But it's not a bad movie. It's just yeah. it was it was just like this isn't like I said, this is not what I remember it being. And like I said, I I don't know if it would have been good or bad if it would have kept that tone from the from the cam shot um, or not, but um, if that would have improved the movie or if it would have just made it to like, okay, guys, shut up, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. fun. It's fun for one you know little scene of the guy saying it's like, oh, it's always cut, 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 you know oh during a long tracking shot which is like that's that's funny once yes. but yeah we we didn't we didn't need it for 2 hours for sure
0: yeah um, um but... yeah i don't think there's a whole lot to talk about in the film do you have any any big p- points like
1: no not really cuz like a lot of it yeah i i still just love the fact that somebody actually tried to to pitch and have have them uh, do an actual habeas corpus movie, yeah. Um, because that would have that, been that s- is very funny. That is that would have been so hilarious. Like, um, but yeah, like in some ways, I wish you would have switched to the other to the other option that I gave you. Um, yeah. but um, I'm glad that we got through this, and. Yeah, I- and like yeah. I
0: said, it, it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's worth a watch. Like if I were to recommend it to people, I would only recommend it to certain people. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but, um, I don't think it's a, uh, a waste of time watch. No. Um, uh, um... at all. Like, like I said, there's a lot of fun moments of it. It's a little bit predictable, um, just because they really tried to beat into your head the idea of happy endings and things like that throughout the movie so that makes it a little more predictable yeah um that it's not going to be a quote-unquote happy ending uh for the audience i suppose uh but yeah uh, it, it feels a little bit more real ish now since you know the the comings and goings of the things that people have done in hollywood is yep. is more out there um yeah. it i couldn't help but think of weinstein uh oh yeah I, know. Could,
1: I couldn't help but think of weinstein um i mean because he's because jeremy piven's in it like of course there's yeah. you know parallels to like entourage um which it's like wow like piven whoever whoever you paid to get your hair done um thank god you did because it was looking was very bald. Like, it was looking bad there for a while Mm-hmm. um before before you became a star and could afford your hair plugs um, i was gonna say
0: there was a shot from behind where where you could see the back of his head and i'm like oh no jeremy yeah. <laughs> like, that is not what your hair looks like now but i'm pretty sure this one's real
1: <laughs> yep yep, exactly um but yeah, yeah. It, it, like I said, it's it wasn't quite what I remembered it being. Um, but I, I still had some fun with it. Um, and like I said, I have I've literally watched that tracking shot um, multiple times. But the, and then I also realized like it's not that astounding technically now. Like with with how films have progressed. Like it's not as like visually stunning as when I first saw it in like two thousand eight. You know? Yeah. And then obviously and, when it...
0: And they had like Birdman come out and yeah. like the hallway scene and, and old boy and, and uh and Daredevil and like you know, just just these these long tracking shot kind of ideas that they the I mean that was more stationary, but still. Uh yeah. these long these long tracking shot ideas where yes, some of these are, are made with a lot of these are still made with movie magic and they're cutting and yep. and jumping and things like that, but they hide it so that it's so that you can't tell it. And it looks like a tracking, a, a long track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If anything, the, the thing that's astonishing about this one is just the, the amount of floating pieces and the fact that it's like, as even scripting wise, like you were able to time this correctly. Um And like, yeah, as we're moving from this one portion of the scene, we then pick up on this conversation and then follow that. And then we pick up on this and then somebody else walks in front and it's like, okay, I I like that, that thing. But now it's been, it's been done to death really like since Um, and, and done better. Um, And, and also in those, those couple, Uh, Things And I I do actually like the, I just remember it because I can't even remember which movie he was talking about, but the one guy who's definitely supposed to appear to be more of the, the studio corporate side is talking about, you know, your big like touch of evils and ropes. And then this other guy throws in this like indie movie. And it's like, oh of course that's the like film snob. Like, oh, what about this? And it's like, nobody's ever heard of that. It's like, ah, I didn't see that one.
0: Um, who was the actor uh acting with um oh when they're on the movie set, uh there was the uh there was the actress I recognized, I can't think of her name right now. Um she was oh my gosh uh
1: she like was the, the uh, vi-
0: secretary in, in
1: oh uh lily tomlin
0: lily tomlin uh yeah. who was the actor in that scene because i, I could not remember figure it out
1: which scene that is because um... they're like
0: they're filming a they're filming a detective story or something they're on set and I thought it was Thomas Hayden Church for a minute, but then I like the guy didn't look. He sounded like him, but he didn't really look enough like him. And I was like, I don't know who this actor is. I was like, and there's a few times where they like when they were in the uh, the art exhibit or whatever it was. And they were flashing two people in the crowd that I'm pretty sure people were supposed to recognize. That. I was like, Ooh, your time in Hollywood did not last long because yeah. I have no idea who you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let me look and see um it would help if i could spell tomlin right
0: but i mean there was a lot of uh a lot of cameo so it's not one of those things that i was like i'll just jump onto the thing and see if i find his name and i was like yeah there's there's yeah there's no
1: way yeah i'm trying to get a still shot because i'm guessing you're watching it right now i'm not oh you're not okay well weirdly enough one of the few times i'm not gonna be able to find that scene um but i did i did like um in the cameos i did like the fact that um it was uh peter falk and uh susan sarandon at the end um yes as, yes as i the little because because at first you're like oh maybe these are gonna be like they they loaded the supporting stars like instead of of the leads and then it's like camera pans and it's like oh there's Julia Roberts okay (laughs) and and the uh it it made me laugh
0: because obviously they they it's a tongue another Hollywood tongue-in-cheek joke of Susan Sarandon to be at what could be the murder uh or the uh the execution of Tim Robbins which is what they were trying to allude to yep that he got in trouble and was guilty but yeah it's um yeah, I I mean, I'd give this movie, a, I don't know, a six and a half out of ten, maybe. Yeah, I'm, maybe. About, the,
1: I'm about the same. Um, so we're basically going to break format for our next episode. Um, it is not going to be a recommendation um, to each other. Um, it will be a recommendation to you, uh, the listeners. Um, and... Uh, i'm kind of happy about it because hopefully i'm not gonna say it just in case you know because podcasting happens and life happens um but we might be joined by a special guest Um, fingers crossed fingers crossed um one of us needs to text him uh (laughs) uh, but uh because of our little scheduling conflict this week uh next week we will. Uh, our next episode will fall right on uh, the home opener for Twins baseball. Uh, I believe it's opening day for baseball in general. Oh, yeah, opening day in general. Yep. Um, and so uh, we are going to review a baseball movie, and not just any baseball movie. We're gonna review Major League. A
0: uh, little behind baseball here uh i watch major league every year and have for i don't know 10 15 years now uh right around baseball opening day
1: yeah and Uh, and since i lived with you for about five of those um that means i have also watched major league for the last about five years Um, fun
0: fact even though i've seen it once a year every year for 10 to 15 years i still misquote it all the time (laughs)
1: Yeah, well I mean, you know, so do a lot of people. So yeah. like there's there's a few like little tweaks. I mean, you know, even going back, like people misquote and I know you haven't seen it, but like people misquote quote uh Casablanca all the time. Uh, it again,
0: Sam. Never said.
1: Yeah, never said. Um I mean people misquote Star Wars, like it's Luke, i am your father yeah it's like no just i am your father yeah no i yeah. am your father yeah so it's like it, it happens um but yeah we uh we're gonna watch major league um obviously a very influential film which we'll talk about a lot more um you know it's one of my favorite sports movies um and it then influenced probably my favorite sports tv show yeah (laughs) you know ever ever in ted lasso because if you don't know already basically the premise of ted lasso the the overarching story is pretty much major league
0: yeah the setup the setup is is basically major league but that's all we'll say about ted lasso because everyone should watch it
1: yeah because you should go out and watch it yeah um but, yeah, so, but, but it's also you you have in in that, it's like you realize like, oh, hey, this is a lot like major league, that's kinda cool, um, and then, like, you see little moments of that that in basically every baseball movie sense is either trying to be some form of major league or taking some little elements and either doing it better in some cases or worse in other cases like the sequels
0: yeah the sequels to major league are, are very much a you can you can pass on that
1: yeah didn't we try to watch two once and then we just got real sad and turned on the first one instead
0: yeah so we tried to watch two because major league the first one got taken off of one of the streaming services yeah but but two was still on there so we started two and then i was just like i'm just gonna buy it <laughs> and then yeah. i bought the first one uh so that we could still watch it because boy oh boy two two is not good
1: yeah i didn't remember it being that bad but it's bad
0: i remember it being better but i also remember that from a time of a much younger shane who yeah probably would have just liked anything that was the sequel to major league at the time
1: yep Um, i
0: remember liking sequels to movies that i should never ever watch because they were just sequels to a movie that i liked and i was under the age of 15
1: yeah yeah, I've also seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> that one's just for Dustin if he ever listens to this. Oh, he won't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh so so uh we will be back until then. You know, make sure to like and subscribe and leave reviews on iTunes, I guess, or Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. Um Follow me at knocked out films, Shane. you got anything else coming up?
0: uh be good to each other.